Family, morning, you can take your seat. To our visitors, also a warm welcome from my side. My name is Donnie, and I've got the privilege of leading this congregation. And so I know there's a lot of families also here with a baby dedication, and those that are visiting us, not part of the baby dedication. I pray that you will experience two things with us as a family. One, that you will experience His love. The church is a place where the doors should be as wide open as possible. You do not have to sort out your own life, make sure that everything is in line, that you understand everything, that you're free, totally free from sin. That is not the church, and that is not the call of the church. The church's doors should be wide open, where people can experience love and can experience um, just God's presence. And so I pray that that will be what you experience with us as a family. I also pray that you will experience truth. As much as the church's doors are open, uh, I also believe that as a worldwide church, we are facing most probably the worst possible attack on the church in history, and that is to compromise, to tolerate sin, and to become a place that there's no difference from the world and the church. And so may that not be what we are as a church. Our doors are always wide open, but we will always stand on God's truth. Um, no matter what the belief, no matter what the lifestyle, uh, may we never be a church that compromises truth. And so that is my prayer. If you're visiting us, we are busy for a few weeks actually now with a sermon series called The Upside Down Kingdom. And so we've been looking at the kingdom of heaven, studying the gospel of Mark. And so we've seen that man has got this certain desire, this certain, you know, I want this kingdom to be what what will fit into my life. And so from studying just Mark, we see that the kingdom that Jesus came to put in place is totally different from our expectations and our desires, our worldly expectations and desires. And so today I'm going to continue and we're going to look at kingdom status. Kingdom status. We're going to read together. You can open your Bibles with me. Mark chapter 10. And so let me ask you this question. What makes you feel significant in life? What gives you a sense of achievement and fulfillment? Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's the work you do or the position you have or the income that you earn. Uh, or maybe, you know, it's, it's achieving things. It's going out and, and making things happen. Next new deal, next big thing. Or maybe to some of us, it's pushing yourself to that limit. You know, you're this uh, adrenaline junkie, pushing your body and your mind to see how far you can go. And so again, the question is, what makes you feel significant, fulfilled in life? And so all of us, if you're really honest, have faced this question somewhere in your life. Uh, and it's not an age thing, and it's definitely not a gender thing. So yes, we do understand midlife crisis for men, but it's not an age thing, and it's not a gender thing. Even in the evening service, I've had many discussions with young people that have finished their studies, chartered accountants, worked, did their articles, and have come to a place to say, Donnie, but what is the purpose? There's so much more. I do not feel fulfilled. And so through the word this morning, we're going to look at the story of three men looking to answer the same question. Kingdom status. What is it that gives them significance? And so the theme of, of today's sermon is called Trophies 
versus the towel. And so the world's status is trophies versus God's kingdom, the towel. And that's what we're going to look at. And so you can open your word with me as we read together. Let me just pray. Father, Holy Spirit, I pray. Thank you that you are the one that guides us into all truth. And we pray as we open your word, Holy Spirit, that you will reveal truth to us. And that you will show us the Father's heart. What is kingdom status about? I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, so we're going to read Mark 10, verse 17. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the, the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, and do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said to him, You lack one thing. Go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor, and you will have a treasure in heaven. Note that. And come and follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And his disciples were amazed at those words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, but with God, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. Peter began to say to him, Jesus, we have left everything and followed you. I don't know if you have one of those friends, you know, there's, there's this friend who always says the, the most awkwardest things at the worst possible time, and the whole room just, you know, Jesus is really teaching from his heart, and this guy turns around, and, we have left everything. It's that silence in the room, it's like, Jesus said, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house, or brother, or sister, or mother, or father, or children, or lands, for my sake. And for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and land with persecution, and in the age to come eternal life. But, the man, but many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. And so we see this picture of this young man. What you need to understand about this young man, he was rich. And so he had a lot of influence, he had a lot of power. And so Forbes, you know, the list of 10 best young people, most powerful, influencing young people, he would have made this list. He's young, he's rich, and he's influential. And so he runs to Jesus with open hands, and he kneels before him. He says, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And so Jesus, looking at this man, 
Because he's asking, what should I do? Points him to the commandments. You, should, you know the commandments, Jesus replies. Yes, I know the commandments. I have kept them from my youth, from the age of 12. And so apart from him being influential, rich and young, there's also nothing wrong with his self-esteem. I have kept it from my youth, from the age of 12. All 10 of them, I have kept. And everything the Pharisees added, I have kept. And then we see this beautiful picture in the Scripture where Jesus looks at him and he sees all the iniquities. He sees all the shortcomings. And it says, and he loved him. And then this loving Savior tells him, but you lack one thing. Go and sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. And you will receive a treasure in heaven. How amazing the promise. And instead of, of adhering to this word, now that he knows what he needs to do, we see how he drops his head and he walks away sorrowful. Why? Because he had a lot of trophies. He had a lot of possessions. And so in that moment, Jesus starts speaking to his disciples. He says, how difficult will it be for those who have wealth, who have a lot of possessions, who have a lot of achievements, to enter the kingdom of heaven. It will be easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Now, I don't know about you, but growing up Sunday school, we were taught there was this extra gate in the wall of Jerusalem. After the big gates were closed, the small gate and the camel had to bow down to get through. And that's what Jesus is referring to here. And so if you go and study scripture and you go and look at history, there is no such gate. It is untrue. And so what is Jesus saying? A real camel will not be able to go through a real needle. That is why he then says it is impossible for man. Because a camel cannot go through the eye of a needle. And then it says the disciples were exceedingly astonished. And so why? Two reasons. Because in the Jewish culture, they believed that wealth was a sign of God's blessing resting on you. And so here Jesus comes and he contradicts that belief, that culture, by saying it will be difficult for those who have a lot to enter the kingdom of heaven. That was the first reason. The second reason we need to understand the disciples gave up everything. And they believed Jesus to be the Messiah. The one that will ascend onto the throne of David. The one that will release the power that Rome had over him. And he would have sat physically on the throne of David. And so being his followers, being people who have given up everything, if he ascended to the throne, it meant riches and wealth and power for them. And then the Savior says to them how difficult it will be for those with wealth to enter the kingdom. And that is why they are exceedingly amazed. And so on the one hand, we see just this rich young man. He had everything. He had the status. He had the trophies. He had the achievements. And we continue. Verse 35 and James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, 
Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. And Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? Or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or my left hand is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. So on the one hand, we see the rich young man, he had everything. He had the status. And then we see James and John, sons of a fisherman, sons of Zebedee. And so in worldly terms, they didn't have a lot, not a lot of trophies, not a lot of achievements. And so no power and influence. But they come up to Jesus. Jesus, you know, promise to give us what we ask you. Any parents in here? Have you heard that? Or maybe this would sound a bit more familiar. Dad, I want to ask you something, but I, I know you're going to say no. Sounds familiar? And so we see this picture here. James and John comes up to Jesus, calls him aside and says, Grant us the right to sit one on your right hand and one on your left. And so what are they asking in this moment? You see, to sit on the right hand of the king meant that you were the second most powerful man in the kingdom. And the one on the left, other way around, meant that you were the third most important person and powerful person. So in this moment, they are desiring power and influence and wealth. And so where the rich young man had everything, the status, they desire to have everything. They desire to have everything. So family, if we are, are really honest with ourselves this morning, and hopefully you are, we can associate with these men. To those that are in power, the influence, the wealthy, we enjoy it. You enjoy it. And it will be difficult to part ways with it. Yes? It would be difficult to give everything up. Yes? I don't get a response. But maybe for the rest of us that do not have the power or the influence or the wealth, our true honest desire is to have it. And so we see that the three men are all caught up on this side. Worldly status. Where significance is found in what we achieve, in what we do, in what we have. But yet, if you look at their stories, all three of them still desires something more. Because significance, kingdom status, is not found in this. 
and the kingdom that Jesus came and put in place on earth, it is not there to fulfill man's desire, his utopia. He came to establish his kingdom and to grant to us, to those that would receive it, kingdom status. And so what's, what is kingdom status? What is kingdom status? It is to be called a son and a daughter of the living king. It is to be referred to as a royal priesthood, co-heirs. That is kingdom status, the position. And you obtain this through salvation, through repentance, through letting go of self. You get this by receiving God's mercy. Forgiveness of sin, cleansing of blood, the blood of Jesus Christ. And so the message to these three men today is the same message that it is to us. And that is, kingdom is not about worldly status. It is not about what you have, your achievements, your desires to have. Kingdom status is given to us, and it is for the world to see Jesus in us. And so that is what we're going to look at this morning, just from the scripture. Kingdom status is given to you. That's the first thing you need to, to observe. Second thing we need to observe from the story, it is given to us so that the world can see Jesus in you. And so let's read again. We see the rich young man, verse 26, and they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, then who can be saved? Looked at them, he looked, Jesus looked at them and said, with man it is impossible, but not with God. Kingdom status is given to you. It is not something that you can obtain. It is not you working for it. It is not you doing something for it. Jesus looked at them and said, with man it is impossible, but with God, for all things are possible with God. So this rich young man with an open hand sitting in front of this good teacher, asking for the status, eternal life. Jesus looks at him and he says, your hands are full of things that you are clinging onto, that you are holding onto. Go, sell it, give it away, empty your hands so that you may receive a heavenly treasure. Now let me try and explain that because I see it doesn't make sense yet. It's like walking into a Toyota dealership and you walk up to the best, the newest Land Cruiser and you ask the dealer principal, how much should I pay you or must I pay you to be the proud owner of this cruiser? And so he replies by saying the following, give me all the cash in your wallet. And so in today's day and age, most probably that's nothing. Um, and then he says, okay, just take out everything, just give me your wallet. And this cruiser is yours. This is what Jesus is saying to this man. That is how ridiculous a deal this is. Just sell everything and you will have a heavenly treasure. Just lay down everything and you will have life. You will have eternal life. And yet, he drops his head. And he walks away sorrowful. Why? Because he had a lot. 
He had a lot. And so his kingdom was one of, I just want to add to my kingdom. I just want to add to my kingdom. I'm not willing to give up. I just want to add you, Jesus, to my kingdom. I want to add the heavenly kingdom to my kingdom. And in doing that, we pollute the name of Jesus Christ. We pollute the true nature of who Jesus is. He is not a Lord and Savior that is added to our kingdom. He is a Lord and Savior that demands of us to let go. And on the other side, James and John comes to him and says, but we have given everything up, Jesus. We have given everything up. But we desire what that man has, and you need to give it to us. So them giving up was also to get to add to their kingdom. And so the message this morning, I hope you hear it, is Jesus establishing his kingdom, standing in front of us and saying, empty your hands. Empty your hands. Empty your hands. Get rid of those desires in your heart. Those desires for worldly things. There's a famous scripture in Matthew 6.33. It says the following. Seek first the kingdom and all else will be added. Not seek all the things and the kingdom will be added. Seek first the kingdom of God and all else will be added. And so what you should not hear this morning, it is not about whether you have a lot or you desire to have a lot. This is not what Jesus is speaking about this morning. It is not about having or not having. It is about a life totally committed to His kingdom, totally submitted under His lordship. And so why do I say that? Because we see in the book of Acts, rich people, middle class people, poor people, all being added to the kingdom of God. Because in that moment, that individual realized that what Jesus is asking is a life laid down for His purposes. A life that is laid down for His purposes. And so kingdom is given. The second thing is kingdom is given for the world to see Jesus in you. Verse 43, But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. This is the kingdom status. And whoever would be first among you must be slave to all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so again, worldly status is about achievements, it's about power, it's about honor. The more you have, the more you can speak about it. You know, the type of color of your credit card. The better the color, the more you can speak about it. Your position in life, the higher the position, the more you can speak about it. Church, what you need to understand, we also see this in the church world. Where positions and gifts are used to elevate self. To try and put oneself in a position of honor. So Jesus comes and he says, gifts are given to serve. Gifts are given to serve. The kingdom of God is given, firstly, to those that will accept it through what he did. 
And secondly, so that the world can see Jesus in you. Kingdom is given to serve. And so nowhere in the scripture do we see that Jesus says it's wrong to have a position. In actual fact, he says the following, whoever would be great. So he's not denying the fact that some people might become great. But then he says, whoever would be great, let him serve. Let him understand kingdom. It is given for others to benefit. It is given for others to benefit. Whoever would be first among you. Some will be first. And again, it's not the issue here. He even says to James and John, he did not say to them, no, 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 no. Nobody will sit on my left and on my right. No, he says, it is not for me to decide who will sit on my right and my left. But as King of kings, Lord of lords, Jesus left heaven where streets are filled and made of gold. And he was born into a family, small family, stayed in a small town. He experienced the full wrath of God. He was spat on. He was beaten. He was cursed. And ultimately, he was crucified so that the world could benefit. He left heaven where the streets are made of gold so that we can benefit. And so the question this morning is, if you look down at your hands this morning, what do you see? Do you see trophies? Achievements? Or do you see the towel? Is your heart's desire, Father, use me more so that others can benefit? Or is your heart's desire this morning, Father, give me more? Just add to what I have. Just add to my kingdom. So we started off this morning with a question. What makes you feel significant in life? What makes you feel that sense of fulfillment and achievement? Is it trophies? Or is it a towel? Is it a life where you keep on chasing whatever you are chasing? Or is it a life totally committed to Jesus Christ and to His kingdom and so that others can benefit through your life? So this morning we see two opposite kingdoms, a worldly status and a kingdom status. Our Lord and Savior, just before He was arrested, went on His knees and He took the towel and He served. And he washed his disciples' feet, showing to them the status of a true king in the kingdom of God. True status being a king that would lay down his life, the great king, the one that is first, so that others could benefit. Just close your eyes. just want to repeat that question. When you look down at your hands today, what do you see? If you forget about everything, all the noise in your head, what is it that your heart truly desires this morning? 
What is it that your heart truly desires this morning? give you the opportunity just to, to speak to your Heavenly Father now. I found myself in a place this week where I had to repent just before the Father. Because if we are truly honest with ourselves this morning, it doesn't matter whether you find yourself in the shoes of the rich young man or in the shoes of James and John, whether you desire it, whether you have it, it is not what the kingdom of God is about.